We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Chicago Bears select... Welcome to Picks for Pace, presented by The Bear Report, your number one source for everything Chicago Bears draft news, analysis, scouting reports, and more. Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, making their way to the podium, Andrew Freeman and Usaid Koshal. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Picks for Pace, a Chicago Bears draft podcast presented by the Bear Report. My name is Andrew Freeman, and today we have a special episode for our listeners as for those who have followed the show over the last week or so, we've had some guests on to discuss some of the Bears selections in the latest 2021 NFL draft. For today's episode, we were able to sit down with Ross Martin, who covers the University 
of Carolina football team for CBS Sports to discuss the Bears' six-round selection wide receiver, Daz Newsom and give us some information and perspective on the new Bears rookie. So without further ado, I'm just going to get us right into it. Here is our interview with Ross Martin. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Joining us now on the Picks for Pace podcast, we've got Ross Martin on the other line. He covers North Carolina for CBS Sports. You can actually follow him on Twitter at Ross Martin underscore IC. Ross, what's going on? Thanks so much for being on here. Hey, appreciate it, guys. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Excited to talk. Uh, a little Daz Newsome, a little UNC, and a little Bears football. Yeah, we're excited to have you on here. But, I mean, we got to start with our first question. Can you kind of describe Daz to us as a player? I mean, what are some of his strengths that you think that he's going to bring to a team like the Bears? Yeah, I mean, so Daz is a, is a tough, gritty receiver um, that, you know, he made plays. And he, I think, as you probably referenced a lot in your coverage of him, you know, he gets the job done. He can catch the ball. He can get yards after catch. I think yards after catch thing is the, the big thing that stood out when you look at his tape and things like that. Um, when I think of him, you know, he always showed up. He always got the job done. He made big plays. And uh, he definitely progressed over the course of his four-year career at UNC. Uh, his best year was his junior season, which was Sam Howell's first season and Mac Brown's first season at UNC. His production dipped a little bit in, um, in 2020, which would be his senior season. I think that's more maybe because they were zoning in on him more or, or something like that. You know, Dami Brown had a huge season that year. So the distribution of the catches was a little bit uh, less. And UNC's running game really dominated. But, I mean, Daz is tough. He didn't sit out the bowl game like four UNC players did. He, uh, he played nearly every game. I don't remember him ever really being hurt. Um, and just a tough guy, you know, I think his size maybe limits him a little bit in the NFL, but he's quick, he's shifty after he catches the ball, he can get, uh, you know, big time chunks of yards after the catch. And I think, you know, people think of him as a slot receiver, but I mean, he made plays down the field as well, made some miraculous catches in the end zone, um, really good hand-eye coordination that definitely got better uh, during his career. He had like, he got contacts midway through his college career, which is kind of an interesting storyline. He has eyes checked and got and got contact. So a lot of stuff to kind of dive in there. But um, you know, he's a great UNC player and one of the better receivers over the last 10 years for the Tar Heels. Yeah, certainly one of the things that stood out to me watching Daz was the, the yards after catch ability. He seemed like a guy that was always able to make that first man miss, or even if he couldn't make a miss, he was able to have that contact balance to break tackles and get a couple extra yards there. That seemed to be a strength of his games, uh, especially, but I'm kind of interesting what you, uh, you know, in terms of Newsom's role at UNC and his role in the offense there, he kind of played both in the slot as well as kind of in the backfield at times, kind of uses like a gadget guy on like swing passes, screens, reverses, all that type of stuff there. You know, what do you think his role will be as he transitions to the NFL? Because 
Um, you know, I look at the Bears offense here. I kind of see him as like a slot guy, but do you think he's someone that could play on the outside or is he going to be someone that is that slot receiver that occasionally contributes as kind of like a gadget ball carrier as, as well? Yeah, I think he can do a lot of things. and I think he's willing to do a lot of things. I mean, he's a gamer. He's a baller. I, I, that's It's funny you mentioned that. I didn't really remember that, but they would try to get him the ball a lot of different ways with, with sweeps, uh, with reverses, just get him the ball in space. And so whichever way they can do that in the offense, I think he'd be successful. Um, I know you'll have Tariq Cohen still, I, I believe, right? Yeah, and so you know, he's kind of that gadget uh, running back that kind of can go out and catch the ball as well. So kind of balance Daz with him and, and a similar but a little bit different role I think would work out well. Um, you know, I think he lacks maybe that big physical size to, to play in the outside or at times you need across the middle, but he's tough. And uh, like you said, yeah, when he – gets the ball, it kind of reminds me of a, like a backyard football player. You know, he kind of has those jukes and those moves and the ability to make plays and evade the first tackler to get the extra yards. And so that could work, you know, in the backfield as well and, and in um, in the slot. And I think, yeah, I think outside he can make some plays as well. I think, you know, really refining the, uh, the route tree and different routes they use in the NFL is going to be big to watch over the next couple of years, you know. UNC ran an air raid offense, so there's just some more simplicity to kind of the route running. I think that's what a lot of receivers struggle with as well. So that'd be like a concern and something to watch and need to work on. But um, I don't think it's going to be an issue for him. Just kind of looking at the Bears' depth chart, kind of how he fits in. That's more what y'all know. That's kind of where I wonder how much he can play in the first couple of years. And remember, he's a punt returner as well. And that kind of gets to your point about him being able to do a lot of different things. And I think that's like why a lot of teams are attracted to him. So I'm just curious to know, because we talked about the different roles, but, and you mentioned punt and returner, which leads into our next question. What does he bring to the table as a returner? Fearlessness. You know, he didn't have that many massive plays. Um, I'm not even sure if he had a touchdown back there. It's just tough the way the special teams are run now with this priority on safety and things like that. But he would catch some crazy balls. And I mean, you know how it is back there. That's a scary position to be in. And, you know, he, he'd fair catch, you know, some, but he also would, would try to make some plays and get the 10 yards, get the, you know, the, the 10 to 12 yards that can be the difference. Um, you know, he wasn't, I don't think he was a game changer back there, like Ryan Switzer. I don't know if you know, remember Ryan Switzer at UNC, who he, Daz Newsome kind of took the place of. Switzer, I think, is on the um, Browns practice team right now. Um, Switzer scored like seven touchdowns for UNC as a punt returner. That did not have to happen with Daz, but uh, Mac Brown and, and Larry Fedora always um, lauded Daz's ability to return kicks, return punts. And uh, like I said, that his ability to make a couple of defenders miss, his toughness, fearlessness, uh, it seems like a role he really embraced and probably a role he kind of knew was going to help him, you know, get drafted and hopefully find him a spot on a team is the ability to, to add that to his repertoire along with the ability, like you said, to, to play in the slot, maybe play a little bit on the outside, but also make some plays, kind of getting the ball in space in the backfield as well. So a versatile player, which you can see if, uh, if they use him as a, as a punt returner. Yeah, we talked a lot about, you know, Daz some strengths to this game and what he can bring to the Bears or any NFL team in terms of the versatility, playing a lot of different positions for, as a return man, special teams, all that type of stuff. But what is one area of the game that you think Newsom can improve um, as he gets to the NFL? Because, you know, one of the big storylines for him was, you know, he had on his pro day, had a little bit of a struggle there in terms of the overall workout. 
Uh, when you look at you know how it compares to other wide receivers in this class, you know I don't know when I from what I saw from uh, his workout compared to his tape, it didn't really match to me in terms of especially the quickness and agility scores. So I was just curious, you know, was there anything maybe an injury going on there or you know, any anything you can glean from that? But in terms of just on the field, is there anything you can kind of uh, you think he could work on and kind of tighten up a little bit as he gets to the NFL. Yeah, the uh, pro day thing, I, I don't know. I it was, some guys just don't test as well. I think it was just a matter of that. I mean, yeah, like you said, on on, on tape, you know, in games, it seems like he was, you know, one of the faster players on the field. Um, that was conveyed that way. And I, I guess his 40 time was a little bit slow compared to some other elite receivers. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think expanding his game, like we've talked about, learning to be a more versatile receiver would be big. Cause I think like, like in college, you kind of play a role and you perfect that role and, and that's your role. So you don't branch out as much, but I don't think he's going to have an issue learning other positions or learning, learning an offense. Um, you know, I, I think at times both Diami and Daz, the two main receivers had a little trouble with some drops here and there. Those were fixed last season. Um, so maintaining a, you know, comfortable being comfortable with the quarterback and, and building that chemistry will be big as well as you know but um you know I think um I think I think the jump from from college to, like the jump from high school college is big I mean jump from college to the pros is, is also significant and just learn to be professional and normal things that you know rookies go through would be another adjustment for for every player and you know how you handle that how you adjust to a, a different role maybe less catches, less playing time, how you mentally and emotionally adapt to that is always something to watch with these rookies because not everyone's going to make it. The same league is so important. So you know, those are things you kind of think about. But, you know, these players dominate in college. Like, you don't see weaknesses. I'm sitting here trying to, like, think of, like, a weakness. But, like, he was UNC's best receiver for, for you know, him and Diami were best receivers for two seasons. And so we saw him dominate. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not going to happen necessarily in the in the pros. But – um, in terms of specific weaknesses, I think learning more routes, perfecting different roles would be something to, to keep an eye on and see how he kind of, you know, how he kind of figures out his role on this team to earn a paycheck, to earn a spot and, and make it a, a lengthy career. What is one game that you think sticks out, one game or one moment from Daz's college career that you think sticks out the most that kind of solidified who he was as a player for UNC? great question i didn't do my research on that one i mean he had the huge catch against miami in 2019 the kind of the back end of the end zone sliding kind of catch which gave unc the win i would point to that he had some big catch games too um i don't have the full lineup here the game logs but uh i mean that miami game go back and watch his highlights he had some big plays in there that's what you look for you're for a big, you know, big play receiver. You know what I'm looking at here? He only had two catches in that game, but one was for a touchdown that won the game. He had 11 catches against Pittsburgh in 2019 for 170 yards. It's probably his biggest game. Um, you know, the way these offenses run with the spread, where they get the ball out, they get the ball to different players. And so he had some definitely some double-digit catch games. He had nine against Virginia Tech. Um, and you know what? He had a great game in the bowl game against Temple in 2019, the military bowl. He had two touchdowns, I think one miraculous catch in the end zone. Go back and watch his highlights, the Temple game. Uh, he had eight catches for 71 yards, two touchdowns. And I, I think one of them was – I know one of them was a ridiculous kind of end zone catch. Uh, there was a lot of highlights in that game. Uh, UNC rolled 
uh, the Owls in that one. But um, that's a good one to look at. His 2019 season definitely had more highlights than um, the 2020 season. I'm going to pull up 2020 here as well. You mentioned uh, him and Diami Brown being the top two wide receivers for UNC over the past couple of years. You know, both of them were drafted uh, in this year's draft. And uh, I just kind of want to get a sense uh, of how would you compare those two as players, compare and contrast there? Because Diami Brown, he went in the third round uh, there. It was kind of seen as like a deep threat type of player. Um, how do you think Newsom compares to Diami Brown and, uh, in terms of what he does better? Or, you know, wh- what are some of the similarities or differences between those two? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. I mean, Diami is the is the go route, deep threat, a little bit more physical, bigger guy who can really catch through contact, um, and just a sprinter who would just be be the defense, be the safety um, down for for, the, for deep throws, uh, and then Dabs is the more yards after catch, cross the middle, slot guy, get in space, make plays. Um, that's how they're they're different. Uh, both struggled with with some drop issues in 2018-19 um they fixed that in 2020 um and they really you know really balance each other they, they were not the same receiver which was great for UNC's offense the air raid system under Phil Longo with Sam Howe throwing the ball um and I think both them do need to, the reason why they weren't second round first round picks is they need to become more diverse and versatile in their abilities and show that um, not that they can't do that, just weren't able to really show that in college. Um, there's question marks there with whether they can do that. But athletically, I mean, both super elite athletes, I think, you know, Daz played a lot of cornerback. He's actually kind of recruited as a cornerback to UNC to begin with, and they immediately moved him to wide receiver. Uh, I think even before he, before he really had his first practice at UNC, maybe after spring ball or, or that summer, they moved him to wide receiver. So um, an athlete, a gamer, um, both those guys, but dads in particular, um, just kind of has a dog mentality, not much else but football and, and kind of uh, living the game. So that's what I always liked about dads. You mentioned ceiling and like abilities. I wanted to ask, and this is the last one for me, but what do you think Daz's true ceiling is and what do you think his floor is? <laughs> I mean, how's, all right, how about this? How's the depth chart looking at for Chicago Bears for wide receiver? Like, how much is he expected to play? Yeah, so right now, uh, you have Allen Robinson and, and Darnell Mooney as the top two guys. But after that, it's pretty wide open, especially in the slot here. You know, Anthony Miller's going to the last year of his deal. He's probably going to be the starter, but they're obviously – they're not committed to him, it seems like. He's been in trade rumors all offseason. So, I think there is a, a, you know, a spot for him on this team, especially if he can contribute as a punt returner. But, uh, you know, he, if he's going to make the team, it's probably going to be – um, in that slot role, if, if he can either, you know, push Anthony Miller or, or kind of be in the conversation there, that's where I look for him in terms of just this depth chart here. Yeah, I mean, I think he can be kind of a, the third or fourth receiver on a team, the third option, third or fourth option on a team. I think that's kind of what y'all would answer as well. And then make a, a role as a punt returner and a special teams guy, maybe do some kick returning as well uh, and be the man there, especially as a young guy where he's just trying to you know, kind of fight for his life to make a roster spot. I imagine as the as a sixth round pick, they'll they'll try to you know definitely give him a shot to make the team. It's pretty normal for the sixth round, fifth and sixth round type situation. Um, I don't mean I don't think this guy's gonna be some Pro Bowl, you know, All Star receiver just given the depth of the quality talent in the uh, NFL. But I mean, he can he can definitely stay in the league and, and be a contributor. Um, a couple catches a game, a couple big plays a game is like is, I guess what you would want to see and expect out of him, and you kind of hope for him. Um, who knows? Yeah. 
Yeah, and then last one for me, Ross. Uh, we talked a lot about Daz on the field and what to expect there, but what can Bears fans expect from Newsom, the person, both in the locker room as a leader and as well as, you know, away from the field and what he does off the field there? Yeah, so Daz is not the most uh, – his interviews are – there's not many words that come out of his mouth in interviews. He's very kind of to the point, great guy from all, um, you know, from all respects. Uh, not the most talkative, has a very interesting accent. It was a, it's like a, it's a Tidewater, Virginia accent, which I shall discover, which is pretty cool. I always thought it was a pretty cool accent. Um, yeah, he has a kid. He's had a kid since I think he was like a sophomore in college. So he has like a three-year-old, four-year-old daughter, maybe two to four-year-old daughter. That's really important to him. And I think making the league and making a career in the NFL is very important to him. And that's what really – you know, drove him and, and it makes it a very critical part of his life to provide for his family is staying in the NFL and, and making a career here. So I think that's an important thing to think about. Um, you know, you talked about his, his kid a lot. So um, when you have those kind of motivations, I think that kind of can change your perspective. Um, if you're playing for someone else, I think that's important to remember. Um, but look, this guy never missed a game for any reason, no off the field issues. Uh, never had any concerns. Actually, I take that back. I think he was late to a practice once and did miss one game, to be completely accurate. But um, yeah, I mean, he's a he's a great Tar Heel, a great player, and I think you, I think, like I said, with the, with the child and his motivations, and he loves the game. I mean, he loves to play. Diami, Michael Carter, Javante Williams, Chaz Newsom all sat out of the bowl game because um, they were all expected to be top, you know, top two or three round draft picks, and they had done all their work and. Daz Newsome, who was also um, going to be a draft pick, you probably had a little bit more to prove in the bowl game. He uh, he played, and he was the you know, the one kind of offensive star along with Sam Howe who played in the bowl game. I think it says a lot. Uh, I think it says more maybe about the other players not playing than it does for Daz because you expect them to play. Daz played. He was a gamer. He wants the ball, he always said. And so I think that's important, the love of the game, loving the game, loving the craft, getting better and then playing for someone else and, uh, and being mature at that level is important. So I think that's what you'll see some, see some, see from Daz. And I'm excited to kind of see where his career goes from here. Um, see if we can get a spot on that team and get a role in the NFL. All right, Ross, I want to thank you one more time for uh, joining us here and give us some information on Daz Newsom here. We want to thank you one more time and uh, uh, wish you nothing for the best and hopefully for another uh, successful UNC season next year. And hopefully we're talking about another uh, UNC prospect uh, next year, this time around. This time around. Yeah, well, any, y'all got any, I appreciate it, guys. Any Trubisky takes from y'all? I cover Trubisky, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I got to uh, – You say I'll let you take the one – take that. <laughs> why Why do you think he flamed out so hard in the NFL? Because I understand, like, the situation's different. But, I mean, this is a guy that I think was being labeled by a lot of the major media outlets as the consensus number one quarterback. But then you also had so many people saying he's Blake Borders 2.0, but he's also Carson Wentz 2.0. Yeah. I mean, gosh, he was really good at UNC. He only played one season. And dude, he, in terms of leadership and the mentality, I thought he had it all from that point. And I would add, I mean, I don't, I don't know if they surround him with enough talent or I don't know if the system I don't want to blame it all on this, but like, I don't know, the, the coaching staff and the general manager of the Bears get a lot of flack too for that. He wasn't completely awful, but there were times when he was very inaccurate. Um, I think that was kind of the issue, missing catches and not being able to make kind of the, the big throws. Um, 
but from a mentality standpoint, I thought he would have it all, uh, but maybe he just didn't have to be a quarterback so hard to be an NFL. I mean, only 15, 10, 15 people can do it successfully. It's the one is one of the one jobs in America or in the, you know, the whole world where only 10 people can be elite at it. So it's so tough to do that. And, and maybe, I don't know if what happened with his, uh, you know, with accuracy and stuff, but I think it was a major concern, but I think he, from a mentality and a personality standpoint, I think he has it all. Um, it just it didn't come together with uh, everything he needed to do to, to make it work for the Bears. I don't know. If, am, I, am I wrong there? What, what do you think about them surrounding him with talent and how they built a system around him? Yeah, I, I know his first year was definitely not ideal in terms of talent. And then, of course, you had John Fox there who was always going to be seen as a lame-duck coach. So it was kind of in a tough position to put the throw him in there right away. I felt like they improved a little bit in 2018. They got into talent. Uh, you know, I still like Nagy quite a bit as an offensive, um, I guess, I wouldn't say play caller, but as a designer of an offense. I think Nagy does a good job designing an offense. Play calling is a little bit of a different issue. Um, I defend him a little bit, but uh, he's definitely – he had to give up play calling last year, so that was definitely a little bit of an issue for him, I, I, I felt like. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, it always comes down to – it's kind of ju- tough to judge these quarterbacks coming out of college because especially for ones what I think what hurt Mitch Trubisky uh was you know a lack of experience you know at UNC you look at he only had what was it 13 starts um yeah all in his final year there so and that's kind of just a tough team tough thing to kind of uh, gauge for these guys but yeah it always seemed like the game was kind of moving a little bit too fast for him at times it just never seemed to slow down he kind of expected it to but I, uh, you know, I think he's going to a good spot in Buffalo because he can kind of sit down. He's got Brian Dable there. He can sit behind Josh Allen. Um, so it might just be a case where he just needs to sit a few years and let the game slow down for him. And maybe he comes back and um, can find a starting job somewhere else. You know, there's a lot of reasons why it didn't work here, but I think that was one of the main things we talked about the accuracy a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think just the game not slowing down for him uh, was kind of the main thing that kind of hurt him in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, his accuracy and, and just missing throws and not being able to make some of the bigger throws, you, you saw that it was clear and it resulted in some interceptions and just some misplays. And so you, you kind of knew he wasn't the guy. And I think it didn't help that Deshaun Watson and uh, Mahomes went behind him. Um, that just didn't help kind of the, the whole media circus around it and how, you know, everybody portrayed him. Um, it wasn't his fault that he was drafted second and they moved up to draft him too. But yeah, we'll see what happens. I think, I think, I think he'll get another shot at some point. He's athletic, man. He's mentally, he's all, it's all there, I think. Um, and then I think he's super athletic, uh, and strong. Um, so maybe we can just fine tune a little bit of the, the mental aspect of the game and, um, maybe some of the accuracy issues, which, you know, you can, you can teach and learn and get better accuracy. So we'll see. Yeah. I wouldn't say anyone could question his uh, leadership or work ethic. Those are two things that no one questioned here. He was always a guy that was going to work hard and um, for all, all accounts was a good teammate and all that stuff. Uh, Again, different on the field, but you know, sometimes it just doesn't work like that sometimes, but all right, Ross, I want to thank you one more time for hopping out with us, uh, giving us a little insight there. And uh, yeah, I hope, Hopefully, uh, like I said before, hopefully we get another good UNC season because they had a talented group this year. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping to see, especially with Sam Howell there, uh, how that all plays out. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. All right. There you have it. That was our discussion with Ross Martin. A lot of good stuff there as it relates to Newsom. You can listen to our other prospect breakdown interviews at all of our podcasting platforms for the Bearport. We had Dan Hope on to discuss Justin Fields, and we also had Matej Sis to give us some insight on Khalil Herbert. A lot of good stuff in those interviews as well. 
Make sure to follow Picks for Pace on Twitter at Picks for Pace. You can follow me at AJ Freeman 25 and you say it at you say Koshal. That will do it here for this episode. Keep an eye out for more of these prospect breakdown interviews as Bears rookie minicamp is underway. We have an exciting guest lined up for next week, but until then, Bears fans, bear down and thank you for tuning in. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.